Hey there, it's me, Denise Lee, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help improve your mindset and your money. And in today's episode, I want to talk with you about how to amaze yourself. If you are feeling in the dumps or feel a little confused or a little apprehensive of what to do next and you just need inspiration, the best inspiration, believe it or not, comes from you. And if you're looking to see how to do that, stay tuned after this short break and we will get right to it. And we're back. Thank you so much for spending some time out of your busy schedule and being with me. If this is your very first time listening, holla. Thank you so much for taking some time out and being with me. Make sure that you smash that subscribe button or push (laughs) or tap, whatever, (laughs) that subscribe button wherever you're listening so that as soon as I drop an episode, you'll be able to listen to it. And those of you who have been listening for multiple episodes, thank you very, very much for being here. And make sure you share the love, share this message with your community at large. Make sure you let me know, tag me. And I want to make sure that I want to get in the conversation. And when I mean tag, I mean at me at Twitter. My handle is Denise G. Lee. And You'll also be able to see my other posts where I will inspire and motivate and hopefully delight you into becoming the best version of yourself. Everything I'm going to be talking with you about is going to be found more or less in my course, Sales Superstar. Sales Superstar is a self-study six-week program where I will help you understand not just how to sell, but how to avoid pitfalls. And one huge pitfall that I have encountered myself, and I've talked about this maybe a little more often than I've wanted with clients, is this whole idea of less than ideal clients. I'll just put it that way. Some people would say that they would be out of a scene, out of a... Dracula. <laughs> I've heard one client refer to it as that, um, or a thing out of a ho- horror movie, but let's just call it less than ideal for the purposes of our conversation today. Anyway, you can find all of that in Superstar. We'll leave the link in the show notes below because you won't be able to directly access it from denisegeely.com, but hop on over there anywhere where you can learn more about me if you are interested in learning more about my background and what I can do. But anywho, let's talk about this whole idea of great clients. In the beginning of the business, any business, it doesn't matter what it is, service-based specifically, we just want clients, obviously, because we want to pay the bills, okay, our business expenses, to feel confident about ourselves, that we're not doing this business because we don't believe that no one would hire us, obviously. It's a confirmation boost. It's an affirmation. It's a confirmation that we are doing something that obviously is going to help other people. There's a need and we can be able to see the impact. Nothing wrong with that at all. Here's what goes sideways is that in this quest of getting clients, we somehow lower the standards on ourselves in terms of what we believe we need 
professionally speaking, obviously, and, and to some extent emotionally. And we may attract less than ideal clients in the beginning of our business because we don't really have anything quite set up, firmed up in our mind as to what we want, what we don't want, all of this stuff. And I I think about one particular client in the early days of my coaching business, and she was less than ideal. (laughs) And when I think about it, honestly, I had all the signs that it would not be a very good fit. She was a referral from a virtual assistant that I was partnering with to do some other projects. And I remember the conversation that I had with this, this VA, she told me, I'm going to refer this person to you. It seems that she really needs a business coach because she lacks focus and has no concrete idea as to what she wants to do with her business. I know that I'm not a business coach, and I believe that your guidance will help clarify some things in her mind. Okay, I'm just laying out the foundation so you understood this. And then I remember when I was talking with her, I was so anxious and so giddy. Again, this is the early days of my business. Okay, I didn't have a full client load. I didn't have really quite firm understanding as to what I wanted to offer other than to specifically at that time work with women and growing their business. That's all. That's really where I was, the genesis of it all. And I remember the conversation I had with her and I felt as if I was promising the sun, the moon, the stars, Jupiter, Venus, (laughs) Mercury, all the planets. I, I would promise her everything that she thought she needed. And I believed at the time that I could really help her. I believed at the time that I was going to be able to resolve the insecurity and create some type of structure. And as the program commenced with her, working with her, she kept flip-flopping. Her ideas changed back and forth. There was a lot of indecision. And at the same time, I, as I discovered later, she was holding me accountable to things I never even promised specifically. One thing that I was completely gobsmacked about was the idea that she said, as her coach, she more or less expected me to help her define the business, specifically how to get clients using my tools and my tools alone. And it required little to know of her thought process as to what she wanted to do in terms of how she wanted to acquire clients. And for those of you guys who are listening, <laughs> I, I'm as a business coach, I provide guidance, I provide insight, I provide potential strategy and methodology, but the actual implementation, meaning to actually do it, is not my responsibility. And in that moment, I realized that I was not a good fit for her in terms of where she was mentally. I was not a good fit for her in terms of what she thought she needed, okay? And the suffice to say, the conversation 
as kind of deteriorated. And I was less than my perfect bubbly self, I'll just put it that way. And I realized the problem was me, not her. And that's why I keep on saying I was not a good fit. I'm owning it. Because if I was completely honest and not driven by greed and anxiousness and people pleasing, I would have never taken her on as a client. Okay, I think a lot of us at the beginning of our business, or perhaps sometimes right now, I I don't know, you're taking on clients that aren't ideal for you, and are actually potentially damaging your brand. Okay. And my course, Sales Superstar, again, the link is in the course, the show notes below. I talk about a little bit more depth about how to not let this type of situation fester into a full-blown chaotic mess. But so you have my experience (laughs) to help you prevent yourself from going into this chaotic zone where clients are mad and frustrated and irritated and you're frustrated and you're irritated because you realize that this relationship isn't going to work. Now, we're going to talk about four ways to have great clients or four prerequisites or things, elements that you need to have in place. This was something that was later explained to me (laughs) by my own business coach. And I've kind of retooled it and refined it again in my course sales superstar. I get a lot more in details about how to flesh all this out. But for the purposes of our time together, I want to give you a overview of four steps. And I'm hoping that as you listen to what I have to say, you'll be able to identify maybe one or perhaps all the ways that you need to retool and refine what you're doing currently to acquire clients and how you keep them happy. Okay. Number one, screen potential clients. Now here's the thing. I truly, truly believe in the bottom of my heart that everybody needs somebody professionally or personally. That person that comes to you may not be a good fit for you for a variety of reasons. For example, a client who ghosts or no-shows on a potential client client call and does not respond to follow-up message or even messages to acknowledge that they'll be late or need to reschedule or something like that, that for me is an immediate violation that I don't believe it's worth trying to pursue. And let me explain why. Because then you may be thinking, wait a minute, I need to get some more business. Perhaps I just need to be more aggressive. And I know where that school of thought comes from, where if you feel as if you're persistent enough, you'll get the sale and you'll get the sale, then it'll be all good. But here's the thing, here's the thing. I just want to make sure that everyone's on the same page on this. This is my philosophy and my philosophy only, okay, is that you cannot fight to get clients to believe in themselves. Because if they, if they're all their energy and all their strength is coming from you and you alone, you're we- bearing that weight on your shoulders, eventually that weight will collapse be- on the, the mountain of neediness that comes from your, your then client. 
now potential and then then client because here's the thing clients have to behave as if they need your stuff not the other way around and that reason behind that the logic behind that is if they're not fighting from themselves in the beginning what makes you think if you take them on as a client they'll continue to have that energy that devotion to seeing their business succeed or whatever that you have contract in some arrangement, finding better uh, marriage partners or whatever service or product, you have to have clients that are completely passionate about fixing their problems and solving whatever obstacle that they're trying to overcome. And if you're constantly messaging, you're constantly trying to reach out to them and they're really not responsive. And I've heard people, I've had conversations back and forth. They said, well, I sent five messages um, every, every day for the last year and they finally became my client. And good for you. <laughs> you got them as a client. But for me, if I had to devote that much energy over and over and over again, that signals to me that they are not an emotional place where they are completely on fire and committed to work to resolve their problems. They may be a great client for somebody else, but they aren't a good client for me. I just give that as one as many examples where you have to be honest and ask yourself, what are the characteristics, the features, and the behaviors of someone that you would love to work with that would get you up out of your bed, that would make you feel excited, that would make you feel as if, yes, this is why I'm doing this. I got an email message yesterday, of all things, right before I went to sleep. I was having a very less than ideal day. (laughs) And this client sent me this message. And my heart leaped for joy. She told me about some specific moves that she was doing, and it was based on our last lesson. And immediately, immediately, she, she got a an email message out of the blue from an old client that says that she is that he was really excited to continue working with this particular service that my client offers. And I want to start now, and I want to get this over with. They were stop and stop, stop and start in the past, but now he wants to come back and wants to start immediately all over again. And she told me, wow, Denise, I definitely see how the impact of improving my mindset has been working with you. And now I'm able to see more things happen good for my business that I couldn't see before. That's what I'm talking about. She did the work. She put herself out there this particular client that was good is coming back. I can't wait to see which more is going to be happening with her. That's just one of many examples that I want to share with you that as part of my potential qualifying list, I, I get up and I'm get I, I'm giddy and I'm excited about clients who are proactive and seeking actively what they want. They don't believe as if it will come to them when it comes to them. When someone tells me I want to start next week, at that point, it's never <laughs> their partner or their kids or their friends or the dogs or the cats or the birds or the gerbils. All these people are distracting their mind and they'll never get to it unless you make never and plan B not an option. You'll never pursue your dreams. And I tr- firmly 
firmly, firmly believe it. I get excited and I get giddy with clients who said, Denise, I'm ready for this now. No excuses, no matter what. That signals to me that they are on fire and they are ready to do something spectacular for their community that they serve. That's the clients that I want. Again, you have to decide for yourself what kind of clients do you want, okay? Number two, and there's a little overlap, is qualifying this. I have a list of things that they have to show in order for them to work with me. For example, and you have to think for yourself what met, what it looks like for you. But for me, I really don't like working with, I shouldn't say I really don't like, I don't work with clients who have no business in place. That's just a fact for me. If you are trying to discover who you are and figure out what that business looks like, I, I'm not a good fit for you. Because I only work with clients who have existing businesses in place. And the reason behind it, let me explain why that. I need clients that are fully invested in their dreams. And that means they're not wishy-washy. They actually have a business in place and they're actually trying to have momentum with it. Now, I know there's tons of other uh, coaches out there who help clients who create some type of business structure. But for me, I really write off the energy of clients who are actually actively involved in their business and they just want more momentum. They want more growth to it. That's my qualifying list. You have to think for yourself, are you looking for customers who've already purchased X, Y, and Z service? Are you looking for clients who are currently making X amount currently in their business, you have to think about what kind of population you need to serve and you understand the the reasons behind it. It's not, we're just going to say, hey, I like to serve this kind of people because of their particular characteristics. You need to think deeper than that. I find a lot of clients who just think surface level about their what they would like in a client never really take off with it because it's very muddy in their mind. If there's muddy in their mind, that that means you can't flesh out any particular strategy in place. I'll just say it that way. Okay. <laughs> now, let's now talk about number three on my list is create and use an onboarding package. This is what I have with all my clients that work with me, again, I talk a lot about selling superstar, link in the show notes below, about how to create one. But let's just say an onboarding packet is more or less all the things that clients need to expect from you and what you expect from clients. It's more or less the laws of engagement. It's more or less all of the things that they need to do and so that they can be able to achieve direct throughout the duration of your program or your service or whatever. Obviously, includes pertinent information about contact information, hours of operation, terms of of service agreement, if necessary. Again, selling Sibusar can be able to flesh out a little bit more particulars, but I highly, 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 highly recommend an onboarding package because it helps clear out any misunderstandings for yourself and for them, okay? And actually, that brings me to the second point 
is to four is to review your onboarding packet with a client. Here's the thing. Even though you may say I am only available from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. We're just talking about that as an example. For some reason, you might have a potential client who believes that if it's an emergency, it's an exception and they'll call you. But their interpretation of emergencies, because you may not have cleared that up, is, oh my goodness, I have a red stain on my jacket. Help me. (laughs) I'm just coming up with just crazy stuff. And you may think a red stain on their your their jacket is not an emergency, but for them it is. But because you've never defined an emergency, they believe that it is possible and it is more than necessary for them to call you twenty four seven. Okay. And I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want to happen. I don't want that to happen to you at all. I want you to be able to have it very clearly defined how long you speak to them, where you speak to them, all those little details. And you may think, oh, Denise, I don't want to write all of that. But guess what? If you don't write it all down now and have it organized in your mind, your client won't know exactly those rules and how to work with you. And then you are actually extinguishing fires before they even happen. Okay, imagine you just have this beautiful cover over any potential smoldering embers, meaning expectations or things that are not even in the realm of possibilities that your clients are thinking are possibilities. I'm just giving this example. You've got that covered. You've got all of that resolved and you don't even have to worry about this potential, I would just say, interesting moments (laughs) manifesting, okay? Now, let's review everything that we've talked about. This is my list. And again, you're going to have to modify your list that works well for you. And again, all of the what I have to talk about can be found in detail and, ama- and client superstar. I was about to say amazing attitude, which is also a good program too, but we're talking about selling superstar. <laughs> you can find that in the show notes below. Okay. Number one is a screen potential clients. Every client needs somebody, but not necessarily you. Make sure you identify and understand exactly who matters to you and how you want to serve them and why, okay? Number two is have a qualifying list. Make a list of all the things that you absolutely need from a client. It could be characteristics, personalities, or or I gave the example of I work with clients who have existing businesses. I don't help people create businesses. They have to have something in place, Okay. Number And there's reasons behind that, but just suffice to say, I just like people who actually have put skin in the game in some form or manner before we get start working with one another, okay? Number three, create and use an onboarding documentation. It helps you understand yourself, helps them understand what you can do, what you can't do, and helps eliminate drama. And that will be further enforced by reviewing the onboarding package with your potential, or actually not even your potential at that point, your client. Again, they might have expectations that you are unable or unwilling to provide, okay? (laughs) I'm hoping that this episode was really, really important and beneficial for you. 
If you have any questions or concerns or comments, let me know. Send me a message at podcast at I want to fully support you. And if you just so happen to be really loving these episodes in general, write a review and let me know at podcast at denisechili.com. I'd love to send you a little token of my appreciation. Okay. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening and take care and be awesome.